Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the newest books in the Dawn of X X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by... I'm Josh. And dude, you did it again. You nailed it twice oh, now. Oh, you're right. Yes. Twice. You got it. I'm getting this. Damn, getting dude. This. Damn. We're like professional podcasters, except for the fact uh, that we have no notes and we have no schedule and nope. we do this whenever the fuck we want. Yeah. I was going to start with saying sorry that we're late for the episode, but also I'm not sorry. We have lives. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry because I know there are people out there for some inexplicable reason like to listen to us. And I'm sorry yeah, if you've missed you us. That. And I, I miss you. I miss talking to my friend about X-Men as well. Um, but yeah, dude, um, it's a pandemic and things really fucking suck right now. Yeah. We have work and lives and loved ones and all that stuff. Oh, my Lord. It's, it's, a, it's been a wild ride, listeners. Um, but we're back. We're back. Hey, man, guess what I did two weeks ago? I saw New Mutants. You saw what? New Mutants. Um, like at the comic book store? You saw like new comic books? Uh, I went to a drive-in theater and sat in my car, mm-hmm. turned the radio station to the proper uh, channel to hear the audio of the film mm-hmm. New Mutants. The film New Mutants? No, that movie didn't come out. It, it, it came out. No, I refuse to believe this. It did. It was a thing. All right, so let's pretend mm-hmm. that you really did see this movie. Yes. I'm going to go ahead. Clearly, you're having some kind of mass hallucinization, and, and I'm yeah. going to pretend that what you feel is real. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me, in this clear fever dream that you had, what did you think of this movie? Well, if it was my fever dream, the movie would have been better. So, um, I... We're not going to do a full-on spoiler. No, we're not. Because a lot of you have not seen it. Yeah, it's not out everywhere. Um, it's not out in my heart, um, <laughs> which is where it matters. Uh, so, yeah. And I haven't seen it yet either. So, yeah. what's up? Tell me so, about it. So, all right. I have – it's a very average movie. It's not offensively bad. It's okay. not that good. Okay. Um, the story is very basic. But the Right when I left the, the left the car, let's say left the theater. Right after I left the area watching the movie, I felt <laughs> after that, like, I drove away in a fucking fit of rage. Uh, I felt the movie was very much a first draft, and uh-huh. no one said, "Okay, now go over it again." Hmm. Um, I felt the acting was fine, except the woman playing Magic, who's a good actress. Uh, She's great, Anya Joy Taylor. On Joy Taylor, yeah. Um, she couldn't decide if she was Russian or not throughout the entire film. Well, honestly, I feel like sometimes X-Men writers can't figure out if Ileana is Russian or not. That too. But it's like little things where I feel like I wish someone cared a little more. Like there's scenes where they oh, mention the, the same X-Men. Way, man. I feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> but there's scenes where they mention the X-Men. And I kind of want her to go, yeah, my cousin, my brother is Colossus. Like something like that. Yeah, that would but They cool. took a lot of the quick roots out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised by a few character developments, especially between certain characters, which I'm sure okay. people have heard about. Okay. Uh, Maisie I Williams was good as okay, um, good. as a brain. brain. Um, the main point of view character is actually Moons Moons not Moonstone. You do this to me because I always call her just Danny. I always call her Danny. Danny so I, her, I, her, I always, her last name is Moonstone. Then I think, I think Danny Moonstone. Danny Moonstone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of the main point of view character and the mystery of the Demon Bear. Um, okay that makes sense i mean it's it's her story i mean the demon bears her story anyway yeah yeah um and i'd say 
96% of the movie takes place in that uh, hospital. Let's okay. say that hospital. Um, if you're a fan of X-Men, the characters, everything's very predictable, including the real main villain is mm. very predictable because if you know the names of certain things or real names uh, of certain characters, you know right away. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, when... And again, this is a judgment-free podcast. We everybody comes into this with different understandings, and we've always oh we've already said that Nick has Nick didn't grow up a New Mutants fan. So, when's the last time? Did you have you read Demon Bear? Yes, you okay. gave it to How, me for my birthday one time. I, I I know I did. I, that doesn't mean you read it though. Um, I did. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what did uh what, did it hold up to the story? Like, was it? It's a, I mean, no, there weren't two white people who became Native Americans. That wasn't a thing in there. Well, you know what? I I know Twitter likes to get upset about that, but that to me is very important to the story. Okay. (laughs) It wasn't two random white people that became. If random white people can't become indigenous, then what the fuck is America? Yeah. Um, They're two. That was sarcasm, everybody. I think in the comic, they felt more like a family fighting the demon bear. Mm. Where in this one, it felt like someone was trying to write. They were trying to effectively write the Breakfast Club, uh, and now they're also thrown a situation to fight this demon bear. So, I see. And I see. Again, so they not messed with the bull bad. and they got the horns. That's <laughs> that's for all my. Yes, good job, good job, sir. I'm proud of that one. Thank you. Um. So yeah, you know again, what my old man got me for Christmas? No. <laughs> <laughs> there again, there was no offensively bad things in the movie it was just very average i remember me and my my girlfriend my other friend with us we just kind of went okay like i didn't think about this movie immediately after i saw it yeah like i can't wait that really bums me out because you know how much i love the new mutants yeah and like there's i don't know if it's a director thing or a writing thing but there's certain things throughout the film where i'm like wait a minute was that supposed to be a reveal because you already showed that to us Uh, or like okay, where is this? You're not, like, for example, magic does not really explain her powers. Well, well, they don't explain her powers in the comics either, though. Like, That's I'm going to be honest with you. They have... Well, we know she learned magic from a hell dimension. We do, yes. From Limbo. Yes. But, like, they're, they're very loose with that, which I understand why. Yeah. But even, and this isn't any kind of a spoiler, but okay. she makes it very clear in the beginning, one of her powers is teleportation. Mm-hmm. And she jumps through one of her portals. Okay. Okay. So why is she able to be put into, um, uh, what do you call it? When you're put away for being bad, like jail, prison, <laughs> but asylum, like, detention, not asylum, solitary no. confinement, solitary. Okay. So like the doctor will throw her in a solitary room and I'm like, why, why don't you just leave? Mm-hmm. She looks like the bad girl of the group. She's like the slutty bad girl. That's her thing. Okay. And like Roberto is kind of like the, the amazing jock kind of thing like everyone's very stereotypical except maybe cannonball he has a little bit more of a backstory okay Is but they still... went very fast and loose with his effects like I, I didn't think they were actually gonna make his whole bottom a rocket they do do that oh wow okay but it's so fast from your... it's almost like so you can't see it well well this is fast um He's, yeah. from your from what you know of all these characters Mm-hmm. do their backstories kind of hold up to the actual characters from the book? I'd say half of them do. Okay. We really get nothing for Sunspot. 
Mm. Like everyone sense. in the story has some Who's kind of Brown trauma. One? Is he Brown? Um, oh, and- that's another. Yeah, he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, so how many X's it- would you give it? Oh, you didn't think I was coming with that one, did you? I didn't because I all right, I do love film, not just superhero movies. I love a lot of different movies. He does, and he does, and he means like actual film. Like he just yeah. has strips of film in his house for no yes. goddamn reason. I don't let it catch fire again. Um, <laughs> burn down the whole theater. So, like my favorite movie of all time is still Goodfellas. Fucking love Goodfellas. He fucking loves uh, it. No, yeah, he loves but it. Like if I'm comparing it to a film, it's like other films that I love. No, don't do that. Compare it to... The X-Men you, film. Yeah, put it on an X-Men scale to rate it. Okay, because I do want... When you see it, I, I would love yeah, to yeah, do we will. A, a ranking of all the Fox yeah, era we'll. X-Men films. Yeah. And it's definitely on the lower end, but mm-hmm. not like, you know, X3 or okay. Origins. Okay. But also, I still... This is controversial, and we haven't done this on this podcast. We did it on a different podcast. Okay. But uh, I enjoyed, for the most part, Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse. That's and, true. It's true. under to me. This is under those movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I know a lot of people who hate Dark Phoenix, and I know I a lot don't. of people who hate Dark Phoenix too. And and Apocalypse, but yeah, I rewatched Apocalypse. We'll talk about it later. Anyway, yeah. we got other we got other things to talk about today, my friend. We have plenty. Um, okay, cool. That's good to know. Um, I will two X's. This. Two X's. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you heard anything about them talking about putting it on demand anytime soon? No, no one said anything about that, really. Okay. Um, I will say I'm happy this week, since we're talking about X-Men movies, that I got finally Marvel Legends made X-Men movie figures. That's right. Yeah, you've been sending me pictures along again. Again. There's from last episode. Yes, they are coming with his dick as well. Yes. One was you know, kind of tricky because it was a double pack. Still beat it. Um, he, <laughs> using all he, the... <laughs> he, I um, beat it in the video. Yep. Yeah, he... That one he had to do a little bit of photoshopping for. A little bit. Um, the curve. Yeah, just. <laughs> I, I was curve. I was both impressed with your photo with your Photoshop <laughs> skills and honestly, with your with your dick. I was very yeah. impressed with your your ability Thank there. Thank you, sir. Very good. Um, so yeah, this week I got from Amazon exclusive uh, Hugh Jackman Wolverine. The face likeness is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I also have a Magneto Xavier two pack. And that's then, why you were rock hard because the yeah. face is right, likeness. You were like, exactly. oh, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman. You, you son of, oh, Hugh Patrick Jackman. Stewart. You know what I'm saying? It's Hugh Jackman. You know what that, I'm saying? Oh, Jack you know? as in masturbation. Yes. 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 Yeah. For those listening at home. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then if my you're buddy at the office, I didn't mean masturbation. Only if you're listening at home did I mean <laughs> masturbation. And my buddy thankfully found me the movie version of Cable, so I have those figures right That's now. That's crazy. Yeah, I love. That's I've been waiting. That they made a movie right. version of Cable. Like, yeah. there's a there's a Josh Brolin. Yeah, thank you. I've like blanked on his last name. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh Brolin version of fucking Cable out there. That's you forget how many comic book characters he's been. He was Jonah Hex. Yeah, I know. That's a thing. And he was fucking Thanos. Thanos? Yeah, he, he was fucking... Thanos. Fantastically, yeah. Cable, famously, he was Thanos. Yeah. Um, cable. <laughs> you might know Thanos. You might know. You might have heard him in the past three years. Um, he's that purple guy, right? Purple guy. Yeah, purple guy with the stone. He's crazy about jewelry. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's that dude who loves jewelry. Oh, he. That was that Adam Sandler movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
a kind of good movie. Beautiful sleep on that one. That one's no, that was a good movie. For real, yeah. was a good movie. But yeah, all right, we're getting I the comics see now. A super cut real quick where Thanos <laughs> just looks at the, the glove. That's my boy. <laughs> but it's like Adam Sandler's stupid voice. I fucking did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh anyway. god. Okay. Uh, hey guys, if you if you've been annoyed up to this point, we're starting now. We're starting okay. the comics now. Okay, so I'll, I'll mark down the time somewhere. <laughs> You know, this is why you come to the show, not just for the reviews. You can get reviews anywhere. You come for the camaraderie of Biffles. That's right, baby. Yeah. Just right, a couple so. Biffles talking about the X-Men's, X-Mizzles. Yeah. All right, so we are starting with X-Men 11 by Jonathan Hickman. Um, another, much to sometimes our annoyance, a one-shot issue, but I'm getting kind of just used to it now. Yeah. I just it's go just into every X-Men book like... There's this is gonna start somewhere that I don't understand and end somewhere I understand less. <laughs> but this I do understand, and it was fantastic. I love I, I really like let's get into it. I really we'll like this it. issue and I love some of the nuance between speaking of the new mutants. And I'll, I'll get into it during those scenes, but I do I just so I say it out loud so I don't forget because we're not professional podcasters and I keep forgetting to write notes. It's true. Um <clears throat> there are a couple scenes in here of Magneto talking to people who used to be new mutants. And I love the way he interacts with them and the way he's like, those are the first ones he goes to. Yeah. Because I don't know if you remember this, but in listeners, if you're new to the X-Men world, there was a time in the late eighties when Xavier left and put the school in, tr- it put Magneto in charge of the school. And at the time, oh, yeah, he had like the more purple suit with a big M on his chest, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, And so at that time, it was basically just the new mutant. So he was in charge of Sunspot, Cannonball, um, Mirage, Rain, Magma, Magic, and Warlock. And Doug was there at the time too. So those were all the, those were like his pupil. Those were like his, his team. So let's get into it. And side note, um, in uh, an event called, I believe it was Age of X, a while back, uh, in Magneto's kind of like perfect world, he was still the leader of this New Mutants group. He had an all white suit and was like the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right, so let's get into it. We have the Summoner just hanging out next to like a tree trunk, just sitting there, and some mutants are kind of wondering what the hell he's doing. So Rock Slide and a few other mutants decide to talk to him and be like, "What are you doing?" So it's Rock. Okay, so let's see if we can figure it. Out. It's Rock Slide, a Noel, yeah. and who's the lady? I'm sure it's a. a, a is there? Let me see. Somewhere. Oh, Loa. 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 Okay. Don't know who that is. Um, but I know Rockslide, and he says that he's playing a game, and once you start, you can't stop. And it all this whole conversation the game is called Pringles. Pringles. <laughs> exactly. Um, it actually has no uh, verbal name because it's in. I guess not Krakoan. I guess Akroan. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not Krakoa. Like, I, again, I don't read the Krakoa and I'm not. But he's not from Krakoa, so. No, but that, you can tell that the, it, it almost looks like the Acro language is written. Sideways? Like sideways, and the Krakoan one is like up and down. Yeah. Um, and he's telling Rockslide that once you start, you can't stop. <laughs> and it's about like endurance or something like that, the game. Uh-huh. And when, um, at first I thought he was doing this. 
rock slide, but apparently this is part of the game where when he touched his piece, it kind of like transformed for yeah, him. Yeah, that was cool. And, and like, I did like wonder, I was waiting to see if the book went back to them still playing because he seemed very adamant and almost like gleeful. Like, mm-hmm. if you agree to this, that's it. <laughs> so as this game is going, they are attacked by these plant aliens from the uh, current Empire event. Yes, and luckily we had a little clip of them from the last X-Men. Otherwise, I would have no fucking clue what this was. Yeah. Oh, side note with that. Um, that other X-Men story I told you about with Angel and Psylocke, or with uh, Angel and, and uh, Penance fighting the zombies and fighting the aliens. Yes. I have to wait for the trade because apparently that was a weekly title. I didn't know. Oh, fuck. Okay. So when the trade comes out, we'll give you a whole little rundown of that. All right. Sounds good. So we also have a bunch of reports about mutant training and like, kind of being a little more prepared like kind of training the next tactical force yeah so it's like a it's a report to the quiet council from the captains yeah um then we have not now but uh the next day so we're gonna go back to the present day but the next day you have exodius talking to um all the younger mutants in the campfire which we haven't seen for a while we saw it in like the actual main uh dawn of x book Yes. And Power of X or whichever one. But he's talking to his mutants about how great Magneto is. And like when we cut back to him and that Krakoa is now under attack, he did assume that was humans, of course. As one would. Yes. Yeah, that's your be natural assumption. I do I love also, that. I love room. I love Magneto just hangs around meditating in the nude. Yeah. That's pretty dope. With, with his three main helmets just sitting right in front of him. Yeah, he's got like all of his all of his costumes. He's got his villain costume, his in-between costume, and then his what when did he wear the black one? Was that during That was during Bendez run. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The Uncanny X-Men one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and then Magic is telling him they're under attack. And I this one of the reasons this issue is so good is like he's just ready. He puts his old school costume on and just fucking runs metal spikes through all of these uh, plant aliens. Mm-hmm. So first, before we go, since we, we are talking about Ileana now. So this is the, this is one of those moments where he's having a conversation with somebody that he has trained. Like he has, he taught Ileana when Ileana was still younger, when she was a student, he was one of her first teachers. So that moment before, like when he's getting like a report from her, and like they just have like you can tell that they have this like rapport of just like she doesn't have to tell him everything for him to know everything she's saying yeah and then at the very end she says so tell me old man feel like getting your hands dirty like the way she talks to magneto is like the way somebody would talk to like a father figure you know like all right old man what do you want to do here you know and it's like i love that just that little throwback to the relationship that they have had uh, I also love when everyone's talking psychically about the attack happening. Magneto is so calm. He's it's almost this moment of like these motherfuckers forgot I'm Magneto. Yeah, and everything around us in some way, shape, or form has metal in it. Yeah, they forgot that I'm Magneto, and writers have overpowered me for the past forty years, and I can yeah. do everything. So I mean, based off the movie, you can just fuck up the entire world with the plates and so you just oh, there's iron in the earth, so I'll just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I do like the apocalypse movie. Yeah. 
so we continue to see him mess up a lot of the plant aliens with like metal spikes and balls and everything eventually he's asking it's like it really felt like when you get when you get a new action figure and you send me a picture that's what it really felt like. <laughs> just just spikes, spikes and, balls. and balls everywhere <laughs> um what's her name what's her name that i always forget which one sage Sage, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking her what's going on with everything, like the satellite situation, how they found like everyone's satellite, even the ones that's supposed to know about. <laughs> yeah, the secret government satellite. It's, yeah. it's basically Magneto getting the layout before he does all his major crazy shit. Mm-hmm. He asks, I believe, Magma. Yes, again, another new mutant that he has trained. So, like, so I'm just going to cut ahead real quick. Mm. Because it's it's what you're getting ready to describe. I'm not trying to step on your feet, but um, so when he connects with magma, they're using the cuckoos to com- communicate psychically back and forth to everybody. Um, he starts telling magma, "Okay, remember that thing I asked you to do a long time ago? Did you actually do it?" And he, she's like, "Yeah, of course I did it." And he's like, "Okay, let's let's go." Like. He's like, and please, let's try not to get too crazy. I know how you are. Like, the way he's <laughs> communicating with Magma and the way she's like, boss, you know how I, you know, like, of course that he went to Magma. Like, yeah, who won? We're about to find out. And I'll let you do the plot again because you do it way better than I do. But, um, of course, when he's putting a plan together, who is he going to go to? But the people he, he knows the best, and yeah. that would be the new mutant. You know, like. He's definitely treating them better than he ever treated his actual family. Yeah, where's Polaris when you... <laughs> have um, we even seen Quicksilver in this book? <laughs> in the series? No, we have not. I, don't, I do not believe we've seen Quicksilver yet. And I could be wrong, but I, since... So, we've seen Polaris. We've had Polaris seen in Polaris. the first issue. We've seen... I believe we saw Scarlet Witch at some point. Not, not on Krakoa. She was in that no, book. No, not on Krakoa, but we've seen her in a book. Yeah, she was in that book I told you about. The last X-Men one. Where That's she right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they've, they've mentioned her name. Yeah, but she I don't is need not to... welcome. <laughs> yeah, there she is not welcome. But I don't know if they've mentioned Quicksilver yet. Yeah. So listeners, please let us know if we forgot. But before we move, I just want to say that, like, yes, I really, I just, there are very few other leaders who would have brought Magma as into their plan from the beginning. But I love that Magneto did. And it makes sense, as Nick is about to explain why. Yes, because she was told to get rid of all the volcanoes. And just erupt them in this fight. And because there's iron or whatever in the volcano, Magneto okay, so, can control that too. No, so what happens is he... Magma brings up the lava from the volcanoes and Iceman uses his power to quickly cool it. So once it's cooled, it turns into metal. Like, scientifically... Oh, you know, I was confused because there's a few... like there's some getting burned by it, but just like, that's just repercussion of it. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's just, they were standing too close to it. But yeah, like, so the, the principle is he fucking uses the chemistry of the island and the, the abilities of the mutants to make sure that he just constantly has ready-made weapons whenever he wants them. Yeah. That's fucking genius. And just spikes like an entire army. It's so badass. Uh, then we see the general of this group of aliens killing Toad. One of Magneto's people, but no one cares. Um, One of Magneto's people, but I feel like no one likes Toad. You know what? Um, I want to say it was Jason Aaron's run of Wolverine and the X-Men. Toad was really cool in that book because 
Toad was like the he was like the groundskeeper basically oh. of the mansion, and he just became kind of lovable. But other than that, yeah, no one. So he him. like they did to him in that run what they've done to Black Tom in this one. Yeah, they, they made him just like the lovable guy from The Simpsons. What's his name? What's the groundskeeper? Groundskeeper Willie. Willie. They turned yeah. him the groundskeeper Willie. So I, this is my favorite part of the whole book because this general is like, "Fuck you! I'm a badass. I'm the toughest guy here. Get ready to die. You're not going to beat me." Get the fuck out of here, bitch. And uh, Magneto says, I already have, and I already won. And then drops a satellite on him. Then drops another one on him. <laughs> and then, then drops he bursts a third. out. And then drops another one on him. <laughs> he dro- I'm going to count it. One, two, three, four, five satellites are dropped on this motherfucker. Yeah. That we see. <laughs> yeah, that we see. And... Um, when one of the um, who was it? Was it the cuckoos? Yeah, the cuckoo. It's Mindy of the cuckoos. Yeah, when Mindy asked him, like, "What do we tell about the military ones?" We don't talk about them. We don't know they exist. They don't. <laughs> I know that was my favorite. That was my favorite part, dude. Where he was like, "Well, if asked, tell them we have no idea what they're talking about." Yeah, simple as that. Um, and then it cuts back to the children in the fire, all chanting Magneto's name. Which this isn't actually now. Think about it. I just remembered this isn't the first time this happened. This no. was, I believe, in the first issue. In the first X Men issue, after he say like he like they all view him as like their hero, like because he goes in, he just he's the one who led the mission in the very first X Men issue where they they saved a bunch of children and accidentally unleashed the children of the vault that we still have no idea what's going on with. By the way, which I guess we'll find soon with the storm issue of giant size. Apparently, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if I'm, if I'm even get. I have to figure out what's going on with that. Okay, well, I, it comes out next week, and I'll get it. So, all right. Um, and then they would end with this: that he is great, and he is mutant. Like he's becoming the prime example of what a good mutant is. Apparently, in this society, which. I feel is awesome and also foreshadowing. That was what I was about to say. Like, I feel like that could go wrong in like a, maybe even like a X-Men version of Civil War. That's what I was going to say too, a Krakoan Civil War. Yeah. And if you have a young generation of mutants all told how great Magneto is, and maybe this is happening on purpose. Maybe we're seeing this because this is a plan of Magneto to get Yeah, I mean, it's people. Exodus who's doing it too, who's a yeah. bad, traditionally a bad dude. Yeah, I keep saying Exodia, sorry. Exodus. It's okay. <laughs> I don't um, care. I know some of our listeners like to correct us, and we do appreciate it because I, I, um, I may have a degree in English literature, but I'm very bad at um, letters and numbers and colors and you know all the things that make people able to communicate with one another. I'm very well. I'm dyslexic, so it's even better for me. Oh, okay. So yeah. don't make fun of my friend, okay? You can make fun <laughs> of me, but not my friend. So yeah, I give that uh, four X's. I gave it, I'll tell you right now, man, I gave yeah. it because it's on my thing. I gave it four X's too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it ends, it ends with him going to the moon to finish off where the, um, the other people of this empire, whatever the fuck they're called are. Yeah. Cause they're also attacking the summer's houses on the moon. Yeah. All right. So that's X-Men 11. Yes. God, we're almost a year into this fucking shit now. Hey, we're gonna get our first event soon, which we'll talk about at the end of this episode, but yeah. Our first event happened. Coming up. So All right, next we up, next we have one? another good book, Hellions number three. Holy shit. I want, this one is good. This, They're stepping like, it up. They're really stepping it up. This one is, and we'll get into it 
but like this one's really sad in a way that's like yes. kind of like what's the word I'm looking for? Subtle. It's a very subtly sad book. Well, it shows how broken just emotionally Alex is. But for not different just reasons. Alex, but like when's the last time somebody actually took the time to talk about the trauma Maddie's been through? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This you know? whole thing's happening because she just feels like no one gives a shit. Yeah. Like, honestly, I was like, yeah, girl, kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was on her side. I was like, get him, Maddie. You know, you, you were, you, you know, I love Jean Grey. You're basically Jean Grey. So fuck it. Yeah. I love the quote it opens with. Would you, like, that's such a perfect for shit. I think that's perfect to go into after we just ended with that X Men one, too. Like, when, you, when we were talking about how, this new generation of ex of, of kids growing up, do they, do they represent, do they think more in terms of <clears throat> the trauma of being a mutant, which is what Magneto has always represented? Like what binds us is that trauma of being a mutant that, that, that at any moment they're going to throw us in camps. Like they did my, my people like they've tried to do to my people, both Jewish and my people, both mutant and the, other side of Xavier, the peaceful coexistence, you know, like, I, I really love that we start with that. So then we have kind of like a, a weird brief history of Maddie and what she's gone through emotionally. Mm-hmm. Which and is good she, because I think it's been a while since she's oh, plenty been of people in don't know who she is. Yeah, plenty of people don't know, have no idea who she is. So, and she's doing it while playing this kind of a spinny piano thing. Which is and just then, creepy as shit. Oh yeah, this is all like a weird horror show, especially the next part where Alex, whose mouth has been like skinned shut, yeah, um, decides to take a piece of broken glass and just cut his mouth open so he can talk, and he looks which like a just, grotesque like, fucking zombie. Which just again just emphasizes how much he still cares about her. That he's like, I want to reach you so badly. I want to, I want to be able to tell you that I care and I want you to come be okay with me so badly that I'm willing to slice my own face open to get these words out to you. Like, just, like, right off the bat, the fucking impact of that, you know? Well, I love even the fact that the writing has, like, the words kind of crooked. Yeah. It's like, coming out of this weird mouth. Yeah. And he flat says he's tired of fucking hearing about his brother. Like, I care about you. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's two two people who have constantly lived in the shadows of the people they're related to in a way, you know, like Maddie's yeah. always lived in the shadow of Jean. Havoc has always lived in the shadow of Cyclops, you know, like, and then they have a nice bloody kiss, <laughs> which honestly, let's, let's be, let's be, let's be real. Who hasn't, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut to the situation with Psylocke and wild child. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to this in a different book. Um, I definitely forget the difference between Psylocke and um, uh, Betty. Betsy. Yeah. Betsy, so yeah. Betsy, look, the easiest way to remember it right now and how I think they really want to make this divide in the current run. There is one Psylocke right now and it's Kowanin, the one yeah. that's in this book. Betsy is Captain Britain and she currently has no other code name but Captain Britain. And I think if she loses the title of Captain Britain, I don't believe, I hope not, for many representation reasons, they do not 
try to make her code name be Psylocke either. I think Betsy is just going to have to be herself now. So she's trying to get through to Wild Child saying, you've gone feral, calm the fuck down. And eventually she yells that I am the alpha and puts one of her psychic swords through his brain. And uh, she said, now your mind is gone. There's nothing left of you. Except. Except. <laughs> Lower <his> functions. Mind, <laughs> except his mind was never the problem to begin with. He's, that's who he is. Yeah. Uh, she talks about, oh, sorry, Madeline Pryor talks about what she's done to the original Marauders and why she's done it as they beat up the nanny and the orphan. Yeah, yeah nanny, and, uh, nanny and orphan maker. Orphan maker, yeah. You'll have to explain this to me. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to skip ahead. I don't want to do that yet, yet with the orphan maker. I, don't but, know, um, I honestly don't know. I don't know the no? history of orphan maker. I don't know what the fuck is inside of them. I don't That's know. what I was trying to figure out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the fuck squirts out of them. <laughs> Um, I imagine the same thing when I like when I'm caressing you. Maybe it's the same thing. I don't know. Could be the same thing. Blubber. Um, so while she's doing this, she's kind of doing like a James Bond esque evil montage, like James Bond villain kind of thing, explaining oh, yeah. it to uh, Scalp Hunter. Always hanging upside down. Great. It, what's it? It's not Scalp Hunter. See, anymore. we always forget it because his code name was Scalp Hunter. Oh, I'm going which is offensive, but still. Gray Crow. Gray Crow. Um, and she's explaining how when they're her zombies, they do anything she wants. And then she makes a knife appear and tells Arclight to eat her own hand. Yeah. Fucking crazy, man. So she's definitely lost it. Poor Maddie. And kind of Alex is kind of just checking the this, this, this scene out. Trying to figure out what that was going on. Not really reacting yet. Which I, I, which I appreciate because like in a normal X-Men book, it would Definitely the stakes would be like, I can't let them kill Grey Crow. I have to save him. Yeah. But he knows, well, it's fine. I can bring him back. I need to figure out. I need, there's a bigger problem. If, if Grey Crow dies, I, we can fix that. I need to, but I can't fix it if I don't take care of this Madeline Pryor problem. Yeah. Uh, so we cut back to Psylocke fighting Wild Child until eventually <clears throat> she chokes him out and then cracks his neck. And I was like, oh, okay, so you killed him? Oh, no, you might have a healing factor. Yeah, thing. he has a healing factor, too. Yeah. Oh, he does? Okay. Because he's basically Sabretooth. Yeah, true. And eventually, he kind of comes back to his senses. Before that, we have a conversation about the uh, former assassin. Do we know who's talking yeah. about, who's having this conversation? We don't, and I, that's what I really want to know. Who is writing this, this, secret, this secret correspondence? Because... It's pretty like it's pretty damning to both uh, Psylocke and to fucking um, Sinister. I mean, uh, uh, it doesn't matter if it's damning to Sinister, but like. I was thinking because like they seem to be almost more concerned about Psylocke than Sinister. It's almost like well, we can handle Sinister. Like Psylocke, we don't know shit about. You know, speaking of Jean Grey. Hi, Jean. Still haven't met you. I know. I I just thought that the other tomorrow. We're gonna take care of that tomorrow. All right, good. One second, though. I'm gonna, you keep talking. I'm going to mute myself. So, you guys, if you guys don't know, Gene, Gene Gray is his dog. He named his dog Gene Gray. And, oh, and he's back. I, I told the audience about your, your dog because I don't know okay. if you ever mentioned. <laughs> I think I have, yeah. But, Gene, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gene Gray, Gene Gray, the pit mix. Yes. So, we cut back to Havoc and Madeline Pryor talking about her whole evil plan to send all these zombies to Krakoa and fuck up everything. And uh, 
it seems like Havoc is just feels sorry for her. Like he's crying. Like he's I just know. like, you don't have to be this way. It's but in a, her like, mind, it's like they'll finally see me. They'll I know. finally remember me. I know. This is so this story honestly like just made me so sad. Like while I read it, I was like, I was not prepared for this book to make me feel sad like this. And and like and sympathetic to characters who honestly don't have not traditionally gotten enough of their own like development and that is why it's sad you know like they've been both both havoc and and maddie have been such vital characters in so many stories and then are just constantly discarded after those stories are done you know like they're they've always been used as like a means to an end and not like treated like Jean Grey or treated like Cyclops or treated like Logan, you know, like they, they don't get that same treatment despite the fact that they've been just important. Maddie's the mother of fucking Cable for Christ's sake, you know, like she doesn't yeah, get- Yeah, I do always forget that. <laughs> yeah, like she she's actually Cable's mom, not Jean Grey, you know, yeah. like Jean Grey raised her and raised him in the future, but like Maddie is his biological fucking mom. It was taken <laughs> from her, like- this is like, why was I invited to the moon to live with the Summers family? Could you imagine? Yeah. Man. Two genes. Could you? Scott and Logan wouldn't know what to fucking do with themselves. No. Like, this is already complicated enough. It's already a compromise, but this. What's, okay, so if, a, if, a, if a three people in a relationship is a thruple, what's, what's four people in a relationship when one, when one of them is the same person? I think that's when you start saying the words polyamorous <laughs> that's is all that, keep okay. it simple is that, is that what it is isn't simple but now it's simple is there a name for it though when one of the people is a clone of the other people <laughs> <laughs> and nothing's changed it's a clone um so then we cut back to uh orphan maker being beat up by the zombie versions of the marauders i just said those words together uh <laughs> you did a very good job on that yeah because you know whatever it makes sense but then, as I was alluding to you before, I have no idea what this goo that came out of his body when they pierced his armor and it burned one of their faces. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. So, listeners, if there's a listener out there who is a fan of Orphan Maker and wants to tell us the, the backstory of Orphan Maker and save us a trip to Wikipedia, please do so. The, we also end with uh, Arclight about to eat. Uh, Gray Crow. Ray Crow. Thank you. There you go. Yep. I had to This last picture of him is, is him being eaten and him reacting because the background's red. It's like the, the the eating start. Yeah, I don't yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. Like because like there's the sound effect of split or something. Yeah, it could also know. be him cutting your head off with something. Yeah, it could be her getting killed, Arclight getting killed, and him saved at the last moment. Or it could be him getting cut open. We don't know yet. And then the book ends with Psylocke and Wildchild, with Wildchild finally kind of coming back to his senses, which I think this is the most coherent conversation he's had this whole book. Just yeah. that little two lines of like, thank you. Sorry. And the, like he says, thank you. Like, yeah. I love the closing panel too, like the very last panel when she says, as, as those two are getting ready to walk away we've we've got we have to clean up a mess basically is what she says just he has this almost this childlike look of like befuddlement that is like really kind of cute i'm like wait wild child's kind of (laughs) cute like (laughs) um can we pause for a second yeah there's a bathroom okay let me just pause for real
Okay. So, what would you give uh, Hellions? How many X's? I gave it five X's because of just the emotional gravitas of it. Like, just I, I like I keep saying, I was not prepared for the depths of emotion they were going to hit with with um, Alex and Maddie. Yeah, it was a great combination of if you know these characters, you're getting a lot out of it. But even uh-huh. if you don't, now you're finding out. Yeah, right. Like, I, I really appreciate that they took the time to do that backstory too, which I think added to it. How many X's for you, my friend? I go uh, four X's. Four X's. Yeah. All right. Because like a lot happened, but also a lot didn't happen. Like for the overall yes. story. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Definitely. Like if I if it weren't for the the heartstring parts of it, I I probably would have gone lower. But it it, it really did hit me on a, a very emotional level. So. So speaking of surprising, a book that I had no real expectations about, uh, X Factor. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. Me too. So we haven't talked about X Factor yet, which I forgot about. So it's been a while since I read issue number one. So everybody bear with me. Same, yeah. Um, I might breeze through this recap a little bit on for issue one. But X Factor is brought to you by Leah Williams and I forget the artist Baldion, but I forget the artist's first name. David Baldion. And spoiler alert, X Factor's fucking cool. This is a really, really cool. good book. Really creative, really different. Exactly. So X-Factor number one opens with, um, oh shit, I've already forgotten his code name now. <laughs> well, Gene a lot of these characters are from, um, from Alpha Flight. Yeah, you sat, we have a lot of Alpha, North Star, thank God. North okay. Star, yeah. So North Star is having a vision of his sister, Aurora, drowning maybe like he's not sure but he can tell he can feel because they're twins he can feel that she's dead so his husband asks uh what's going on and he just says aurora's dead and it kind of then cuts to him being north star which is very fast and and very kind of a jerk yeah he jumps to the five and he cuts in line we find that there's a line there's hundreds if not more mutants waiting for the five to bring back their loved ones they they like are just camped outside where the five work well i don't Maggie, know why i like more about this book the actual x-factor team or learning the inner workings of resurrection right? protocol i know i, I really okay. appreciate that that we're getting some of that so he cuts the line they and, and accuses them of accuses the five of dragging their feet and, and taking advantage of people and that as you might imagine pisses off the five because it's a very strenuous thing they fucking do. Yeah. And he tells them he wants them to bring his sister back. And they're like, is she dead? He's like, yes. Okay. Where's the body? He's like, I don't know. And so they're like, dude, we can't bring her back if she's, if we don't have the body. So then he goes to Sage who's kind of pissed that like everyone just comes to her to find people. Like, um, you know, I have feelings, right? Like, does anybody (laughs) want to come talk to me and see what I'm thinking or what I'm doing or no, I just got to find everybody for everybody. Yeah so everyone's kind of like yeah, yeah yeah shut up and find this person now yeah so <laughs> you know one, or not <laughs> one of the things i will say so one of the things i've enjoyed most about this book is the humor in it and one of the things i've enjoyed least is everyone is humorous you know what like i mean kind of like, like a marvel movie thing where everyone exactly. is it, a funny it, one yeah. it's like it's exactly it's it's exactly like when they discovered oh people liked 
people liked it when they were funny in Guardians of the Galaxy. So now let's make Thor funny. Let's make him funny. Let's make this. Let's make funny. everyone Spider Man. Yeah, everyone has a one liner now. You know, and like, and that gets a little tiring to me. Yes. Um, so far there's only been two issues, so I'm not there yet, but I can feel it becoming a, a, an issue. Like everyone's witty, and everyone yeah. is witty in this, including Eyeboy, who Eyeboy should never be witty. <laughs> um, but. I, okay, I'll look at that in a minute. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So he he gets he gets intel from Sage, who finds out that he should go check out the tiki bar, the Green Lagoon tiki bar. He goes to the Green Lati- the Green Lagoon tiki bar where Blob is a bartender, which I think is fucking perfect for Blob. Yeah, we learned that uh, in the in, Wolverine issue. Yeah, Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. Polaris is just fucking full-on hipster version of polaris like the most hipster i've ever seen any mutant ever I, I know like i'm I'm gonna be honest i like that they've decided to take polaris in a, in a new direction and kind of like it feels like aesthetically at least they're modeling her a little bit after the character from the gifted tv show mm which was pretty much the best representation there's been in a while for Polaris, honestly, which is very fucking sad. Yeah. Because she's another, she's fucking Magneto's, again, this is the Alex Summers, Maddie Pryor that Polaris has gotten as well. Yeah, Um, that's true. So basically they discover, basically the whole premise of this book is Northstar knows his sister's dead, but he cannot prove it. And without being able to prove that she's dead, without being able to produce a body, they can't bring her back. So, which makes sense because you have to be really strict or you're going to get a bunch of fucking clones running. Exactly. So, he gets Polaris to help him. As they're leaving the bar, a drunken um, Dakin, right? Is that how it's pronounced? Dakin? I would Dakin? say Dakin. Dakin? Okay. We'll go with Dakin. I've heard her both ways. Correct us if we're wrong. Um, but Dakin is in the bar and he is like, hey, where are you guys going? I want to go too. And they say, no, dude, we don't need you. And he's like, oh. (laughs) And so they go to the five to see um, Prodigy, who's just resurrected. Prodigy, whose powers is basically being able to connect to every kind of computer and just know everything. They get him. Then they recruit, which is, honestly, this is becoming one of my favorite versions of one of my favorite characters. (laughs) Then they go and recruit Rachel Summers. And... And last we saw Rachel, she was given um, one of the werewolves, the, one of the puppy werewolves. So she's like, Is that where he's from? Okay, that makes yeah. sense. She's potty training one of the werewolves who she's named Amazing Baby, which I fucking just absolutely love. But again, this is another thing that I'm like, okay, I, I do love that everyone's being a little silly and they can't. Well, I just realized everyone's a fucking hipster in this book. Yeah, everyone's a fucking hipster in this book. Which If you look at the writer's Twitter page, you'll you'll see. But And, and David Badillon, too. Uh, he's the artist. I'm yeah. sure he's got a lot to say about the, the design as well. So they recruit. For this mission, they are recruiting people who have abilities they need to find his missing sister. So who do you need? You need a telekinetic telepath. You get Rachel Summers. Uh, you get Prodigy who can get into everything. And then who else do you get? You get fucking Eye Boy. <laughs> I love this part because he's, he decides, I need more eyes. And he's trying to put googly eyes on his Crocs. He's that's putting, fucking amazing. Just amazing. I love it. I love it. So that's their team. It's Prodigy, um, Northstar, 
Rachel Summers, Polaris, and they're all getting ready to go through a Krakoan gate to go to the last place that um, Aurora was seen when who shows up at the last minute, but Dakin, right? Is that how I just said I was going to pronounce yeah. it? Or Dakin? Dakin? Dakin, yeah. Okay. Dakin shows up. He's like, bitches, I want to go too. So they're like, uh, basically, <laughs> they're like, uh, fine, you can come too. So they all go to find, um, oh, they, this is how he gets himself on the team. They, he proves his worth by telling one of the, some kid who's like misbehaving. He uses his pheromone ability to calm the fucking kid down. Yeah. And he's like, see, I have some other skills. And I'm like, all right, fine. You can come with us. And so, I, I like, for me, this is really nice seeing Dakin like this. Because when I started reading about Dakin, it was during the um, Secret War, not Secret Wars, uh, Dark Reign, when he was part of the Dark mm-hmm. Avengers. Oh, and okay. he always had this animosity with his father yeah. and always angry. And the last time I saw him, Wolverine kills him when he was on the Dark X-Force. Oh, okay. Like, he always had just a shit time. And this is him just having fun. Yeah, I like it. I, one of the things I like, and again, this is this, it's a fine line that she's walking right now, and I have no doubt that she's going to be able to do it because she's a very talented writer. But right now, it feels a little bit like everyone is just so fucking cool and having a great time and just so laid back and all everyone's got one-liners, and it's like, okay, that's fine, but even Buffy couldn't pull this off all the time. You know, like it's got yeah. a very like, oh, everyone's like Buffy right now. You know, like- But you know what? It needs the Giles. It needs the straight man in the comedy it, it, act. It's gonna, need, it's gonna need that soon. And Which I, I thought going in would be Dakin. I thought so too. I honestly thought Rachel would be a good one for it too, but no, they're making yeah. Rachel pretty like goofy too. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So, but I mean, you do have, I mean, um, North Star so far is the straight man, but even he is- sassy from some from time to time yeah so they use all their powers to track where aurora's been figure out what's going on um rachel again i love rachel summers also overpowered can touch a fucking thing and psychically know where she went next and that makes no fucking sense what psychic ability is that i don't i don't know it's, You're not touching I, anyone's mind. I, I don't. I, I, I'm with you 100%. I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to accept it because I love Rachel Summers. <laughs> That's insinuating that inanimate objects have psychic memory. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> which is a whole other problem. Which is, which is by the, the shit this couch has seen then at that point. You know, like, I'm sorry, couch. I'm sorry for everything I've done to you. Um, but I do like that they're all getting information in their own way. Like Rachel's using her powers. And Dakin's using his power (laughs) by making the fucking motel worker fall in love with him. Yeah, that was great. And so they all meet back together and they all have the same amount of information because they all all did it the same way or different ways. Then they use iBoys. They go and find that uh, Rachel is able to track her car, again, an inanimate object, to um, the bridge it flew off of. And they use iBoys ability to basically see in all the different types of ways you can see infrared x-ray god that shit is hitting you so hard right now man um, <laughs> i have to keep looking away from the screen because nick is just dancing what no it's all good so right now i'm the sober one of the podcast which is i think frankly the first time that's ever happened on this podcast 
Um, so iBoy uses his ability to discover which car was hers. Yes. Rachel then uses her telekinetic ability to pull that car out. Polaris uses her ability of power over metal to pull apart the cars. Which is redundant because Rachel could have done that too. But which is know. dumb, sure. Yeah. Actually, no, Rachel doesn't use her powers. Uh, Polaris uses her powers to pull them out. Sorry. Um, and then, yeah, they discover her in the body and they discover her body in the car. They take her to the five. They move her up the... <laughs> protocol i didn't like this just throw her in the lifeless body there oh, she's dead proof <laughs> yeah you're happy now and then prodigy discovers that it wasn't an accident that her brakes were cut and this is probably some kind of plot polaris and prodigy present their case to the council that this person was murdered or you know not not this person aurora was murdered and we need to figure out that, but also there needs to be something done about mutants who, who are presumed dead, but we need to be able to prove it. And so they basically present, we need, or Xavier's like, you're right, we need a new X Factor investigation. And he's like, will you, and he's like, yes, absolutely, Polaris, you are perfect. You should be the leader of this. And Polaris is like, um, I don't want to be the leader of anything again. I'm I'm trying to discover who I am. I think it should be Northstar. And Northstar is like, uh, what? <laughs> what? And so, yeah, he takes on the role of leader. Magneto is like, Magneto then has a quiet moment with his daughter who's like, why are you the daughter of the most powerful mutant in the world? Turning you are a goddamn me? Magneto. Yeah, you're a, you're a goddamn Magneto. Not Eric Luncher. You're not a Luncher. You're a Magneto. <laughs> you're a Magneto. <laughs> you're just... You're making the Magneto family very disappointed, young lady. <laughs> and so he basically says, what are you doing? Like, we're, we're royalty. And she's like, I don't know who the fuck I am. And I want to find that out. And so then she goes and talks to Krakoa and I think has sex with Krakoa and makes... I, I don't know. Like, she has this really weird sexual relationship with Krakoa in which she, again, uses the metal in the earth yep. to create their new headquarters and they find her basically just passed out where she was. And they basically imply, Oh, oh you had a fun night, didn't you? And so, yeah, they have a new headquarters and that's that they have a new team. And you also see new- Rachel in the baggiest pants I've ever seen in my fucking life. And I right? grew up in the nineties. I know. I'm like, I haven't worn a pair. Like I used to wear Jinko's. And even I have not had a pair of pants as baggy as, as my girl Rachel's wearing. But anyway, I, again, I, I am a, a straight white man. So what I'm about to say is probably st- stereotyping in some way. And I don't mean it that way. But I think, I think what they're doing is coding, is, is, is aesthetically coding her as lesbian, which I'm all for because I've always thought that her and Kitty have had a lesbian relationship. And well, I, and I've, think, well, and spoilers, I've been seeing headlines talking about that in the newest Marauders. Like there's more hints to that. I hope so. I haven't got, I, I, I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Um, I hope so because I really, I love Ileana and Kitty, but I, I think if I was going to ship any of them, I think it would be Rachel and Kitty. But anyway, so they have a new team and they're like, okay, Forge, help us out. How are we going to find out what new cases we get? Forge makes new technologies. 
he basically makes a thing where people can whisper into a plant that they need help. I like help. this, yeah. It was really cool. And, it, and he, they whisper it, and then it goes to the X-Factor Tower. And so he turns it on, and immediately the room is filled with all these calls for help of yeah. family members who are missing. And so that's it. That's, that's X-Factor. That's their job now. So that's issue one. I gave it five X's. How about you? Me too. Five. Five X's. It was really, really good. It was, more, it was even better because it was really surprising. Right? Yeah. I was like, okay. Like going in, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this because I love Polaris. Or like I want, I want Polaris to have more of a role. I like Polaris and I love Rachel Summers. So cool. The other ones I don't know a whole shit ton about. So let's find out. So I now that little, brings us. I read, I read a little of, I want to say Mark Wade's X-Factor run. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, Peter yeah. David. Peter David. Peter David. Yeah, yeah. Peter David. Yeah. X Factor Inc. I think it was. Yes, that was really fun. Yeah, really, that's really a good that's a good run. Yeah. Peter David's X Factor is phenomenal, and yeah. honestly, probably one of the best treatments of Polaris in a long time. Yeah, if ever, frankly. So um, we have this issue too of X Factor did something that is always going to make me give it five X's. Okay. So do you want to do you want to recap this, or you want me to? Yeah, I can recap it. Okay. For the most part, put my glasses back on. So we have a mysterious person leave something or no, sorry, mysterious person go and listen in on the five talking. And I was like, okay, who could this possibly be? And then that same person leaves a package on the doorstep of X factor. Yep. We all, then we have uh, Aora, Aurora, sorry. Yep. Uh, coming up and seeing everyone. And she's still kind of like, out of it kind of just like i would just I believe in the book it says she she says that she's only been back for like 12 hours so yeah. she's only been alive for like half a day and her brother sees her and they have a big hug and they fly in the air and they're all happy and then the what did you call it warwolf right yes warwolf runs to the package and bites into it and it's all bloody and they're kind of like what the fuck for going on like i think we're gonna have to this warwolf has a name and that name is amazing baby Oh yes, our amazing baby. So I think we have to. I, I we need to refer to this dog by its name, which is Amazing Baby. Amazing Baby. So in the box are like bloody slippers, and then they all start asking uh, Aurora questions about how she found it, what it looked like, blah blah. And she's kind of like, guys, 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 stop! I've literally been alive for twelve hours. Like, I need a second. And we cut to Prodigy, trying to find out where these slippers came from because it has these symbols on it. And he has a multiversal translator app thing. He, because of his mutant, he's got, he's one of the techno mutants, right? Like, what are they called? Technopaths? Yeah. So he's able to basically like, like Sage, he can, but better. I think he might be stronger than Sage in a way. Like he's like just constant. He basically constantly connected to the internet. His brain is the internet. So he's, he has a multidimensional search engine basically in his brain. So they realize it's coming from Mojo World. Or Woo! I love right. Mojo World. So if you want to get me on board of a book, you give me one of my favorite 90s villains. And one yes. of them is Mojo. Yes. Which, did you ever read Mr. and Mrs. X? No, I didn't get you a chance should, to. Because Mojo should. plays, there's like a whole arc in the Mojo World and it's good. I, I don't know why, but I fucking love anything right, to do I'm gonna, with Mojo. I'm going to get you the trade that has the Mojo world in it. Then. Yeah. That's so like fucking that, good. 
Yeah, that's great. So they decide, okay, we have to go to Mojo World. And I love this little moment of Northstar seeing iBoy and looking down, literally looking down at him and going, oh, yeah, we need uniforms. I know. And poor iBoy's like, oh. No, oh, like, is that about me? Is that something oh. I did? Also, listeners, I mean, I, I can look this up online. Um, but listeners, if you can, shoot us a message. What does iBoy's t-shirt say? He has a t-shirt that's written in Krakoan. Hmm. And like, I, I don't know what it says. and I really want to know what it says. So they get to Mojo World and realize to do anything, you have to have a sponsor. And in the mean, and the same time, we have Aurora and Amazing Baby just kind of hang out at the mansion, at the headquarters, I guess. Yes. Uh-huh. And when they're all, the only way to get a sponsor is to kind of like give off your personality to a crowd that's voting for you. And again, yeah, it's I basically like the advancements of Mojo World because you base it off reality. And yes. technology and social media has changed everything compared to what it was in the 90s when it was like yeah. a TV cable-based world. Mm-hmm. I need sponsors. It's like Twitch. It's all Twitch, basically. Yeah, it's ba- exactly. That's what I was going to say. It, they, a real, it, the gamification of television. Yeah. So they're all having like their own little mini interviews. And Dakin, of course, is like, let me show you my dick. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I like that Rachel's outfit. I like that her costume is, is back to her like more traditional style of like that red kind of like tight outfit and not like her. I like that. She has two styles. She has, I'm not loving the neck thing. I don't like it either. I I don't like her outfit. I just like that. It's her traditional like work outfit. And then like her like lounge out. Like, I love that there there's a, it's like a mixture of Rachel and Emma Frost. Yeah. Like she's the new red queen. kind of. Yeah. I just love again, but who is the red queen right now though? You know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. Uh All right. Go ahead. Um, and then I, my other second favorite part of this book is the idea that Dakin's doing all this so he can bang North Star's sister. Yes. Yeah. He loves to tell him. Yeah. He's like, oh man, you're, how does, he said, a fair there. North Star gets pissed that, that somehow Dakin didn't get selected and has to go back home. And so he gets mad and go and flies over to where Dakin is. And I'm going to read it. It says, a pheromone ability, and you couldn't even manage to charm a few horny shut-ins? Pathetic. And Dakin responds, or maybe I just rather I just rather me and my pheromone ability head back to the boneyard, which is what they call their mansion, to keep your sexy shut-in sister company. Yeah, I fucking love that. It's like, that oh great. my god, you fucking asshole. And then we cut to them trying to get inside the main building. And I love this little moment too when like the woman in security is just like, well, inquire about brand sponsorship. Please press one. And he's just kind of like, where's one? Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I pressing? What are you what talking is, what about? Is, like, what, what does that mean? And he goes to like press her nose and she's like, don't. Don't? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we cut to their sponsor who is Mojo. And I love, I feel like every time I see Mojo, they find a new way to make him more disgusting. Oh my God. I know. I love it. I fucking love it. So he has like, now he has like that kind of like crease in his, in his belly and his yeah. arms are a little more lengthy and a little more. Yeah. Like, like one is skinnier. skinnier. Yeah. 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 One skinnier than the other. I just noticed now that I'm looking at it a little bit more. So no, I love this design. I love him trying to be like, Oh, it's great. I love mutants. This is perfect. Like, do this, do that. And North is kind of just having none of it. He immediately lifts him up and he's like, we will fuck you up. And same goes for Rachel. This is where they became a little more serious. Where it's like, no, no, we're not playing. And she blows away all the security. Like, we're not going to jump into this game. And they find out 
that the symbols are for the top five Mojoverse live streamers. Mm-hmm. And I do love the idea. This they, they they mentioned it early in the book, and now it's going to have to be explored. How Spiral has a, like a cam thing, like an OnlyFans sounding. Cam yeah, girl I thing. love Spiral. I'm so excited for Spiral to come back. So we don't and know I what think, that's going to be. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, like I, I I'm just completely guessing here. I'm at the chart now that shows the different people's symbols. I don't know who the last three are. Obviously, Spiral is the purple one. I think that top one might be Shatterstar. Or, or what's his name? Not Shatterstar. Um, yeah, a long shot. Long shot. Yeah, and I don't think that that long shot. Right. Like, like when I see of- the red one, I think like like um, Deathstroke or that's that's DC. Like Deadshot oh, or Deathstroke. Oh, Deadshot maybe. But not. But not DC. No Deadshot. Oh, who's Fuck, what's his name? The half cyborg person in Marvel. Oh, Deathlock. Deathlock. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's yeah, Deathlock. Maybe. Yeah, maybe Deathlock. But yeah, the MA, I don't know who that is. I don't, I don't know, know who that is. Weird, but I, I really, really, really hope that that first one is. Um, um, shit. I just blinked on it again. Deathlock? No, the luck, lucky guy. That's oh, long, long shot. Long shot. Yeah, yeah. Because. If you notice the trajectory, who else would just have that good of luck to just yeah. start at the top, basically? But long shot, right? Anyway, so then we have the team kind of doing what they want and not, not taking Mojo shit, but they're struck by these like lightning-looking things, and it takes away all their mutant powers. Well, it, and- it, yeah. Well, actually, the two headstrong ones, Polaris and Northstar, go first. Yeah, and they're they hit with struck. The and Rachel is like, uh, yeah, dude, you jumped in too fast and you got your powers nullified, but I still have my powers. Yeah. And uh, we cut back to Aurora just sitting on the couch watching TV with Amazing Baby. She's and... made a big-ass bowl of popcorn, too. That looks yes. Good. Made me hungry. Um, <laughs> shocking I'm hungry now. So I wonder why. <laughs> uh, I don't know his name, um, North Star's husband. His Kyle is his first name. I can't remember his code name though. Yeah, I don't remember. It. Like, I what are you know. saying? Where's my husband? Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, "Did you know the Boneyard gets Mojoverse on cable?" Sit and down she next just, to me. <laughs> and she just pats the ceiling. Like, Come watch him. He's on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I love the ending of that book. No, both issues very good. I'm definitely enjoying the series. Another yeah, another five star for me now, man. Yeah. And number three just came out too, so I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I haven't. My back didn't read it yet. Yeah, number three came out yesterday, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to reading it. So now let's get to the main event, people. Another fucking hit. This book, Cable, man. Yeah, man. It's so fun. I did not anticipate enjoying a fucking Cable book as much as I've been enjoying this one. And I know from what I've seen on Twitter, I have not been very active on Twitter. But from what I've seen on Twitter, it, it seems kind of divided that some people are enjoying it and some people are finding it to be a little, um, I guess, just bland or whatever. I, I don't know. But for me, I'm fucking loving this book. Uh, Jerry Duggan and Phil Noto are fucking killing this book. Well, Jerry Duggan, I believe, also writes Marauders. So he's yes, doing which good. is, again, no no surprise that it's it's both a very good story and very funny. Like Yeah. So let's get right into it. We cut to the past during the extermination event where young Cable killed older Cable. And we see that moment of him killing himself, essentially. 
Yes. And then we cut back to uh, Cable, Young Cable. Which of the which one is this one? Oh shit! Is this Phoebe? Esme, Esme, sorry. Esme. Yeah. So we cut to Cable and Esme, uh, still with the three cyborgs, the Galador, right? Yes. The Galador cyborgs, trying to figure out what to do next. The cyborgs don't know that they're talking to each other psychically. In the next two issues. Uh, but they do get into a fight. They can't figure out why Cable's able to wield this sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was about to go into the history of the sword, but I don't think we find that out until the next issue. Technically. Yeah, yeah. So he makes a deal with them, essentially, saying, instead of trying to terraform and fuck up our planet with your magic sword, I'll just send you guys back in time so you can go save your own planet. Yes. And they agree. So he's like, okay, I have to go get my old arm from my old body that can time travel, and I'll help you guys out. They get there and they find a sign for burritos knowing this has to be Deadpool. Yep. And then I got really excited because I was like, wait a minute. We have not seen Deadpool in any of these books. Because he's not a fucking mutant. He is though. No, he's not. He is. He, he is a mutant. Gi- he was given mutant powers. He's he has not a an X gene though. It was given to him. He wasn't born with it. He still has it. Oh man, this is going to be a debate. Like, okay, perfect example. Juggernaut is not a mutant. And he's not a mutant. And he's, he's not. not on Krakoa. He has magic power, even yes. though apparently his book is part of this X thing. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I subscribe to it, but I don't know. I'll read the first issue. You know, yeah. But he's not considered a mutant. His X gene was never made. He has magic from a crystal. That's yes, it. That is true. Deadpool was given the X gene. He has the X gene in him. He is a mutant. All right. Healing is his power. Yes, I understand. It's how he's still alive. It's the only reason he has a comic book. Well, actually, Gary uh, Dugan was the writer for his book for a long time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they go to see King Deadpool on his island of monsters. Okay. He's married to... um, uh, You you don't know? I don't know. Why is he king of Staten Island? What the fuck happened? That I don't know, but... As quickly as you can tell me. He is the king of monsters because his wife is the queen of monsters. Like, she is a demon. Oh, okay. His actual wife that he married. It's written by Gail Simone, actually. It's good. Um, Oh, she wrote it again? I didn't realize she went back to It was a bunch of different writers in one special wedding. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Gail Simone was one of my favorite Deadpool slash Agent X writers ever. So, he's trying to convince him. This whole time, Deadpool is so happy to see Cable again. So he'll keep like reminiscing and like saying, you don't get it yet, but you're going to get it. It's fine. And he's having a good time. And um, they go to see Cable's Wait, body. Like, yeah, real no quick, yeah. real quick. My favorite, he, he's, he's having these back and forth with young Cable. And he says, how about you ask me if I'm ready to settle up with the punk that murdered my friend? And Cable has like a mean thing he says back to him. And Deadpool's like, it's a good start. But you can hate me so much more. And he gives yeah. him a big hug. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Sometimes I really like, sometimes it makes me upset how much I do kind of enjoy Deadpool. <laughs> like, damn it, I do like Deadpool. I know it's cliche, but sometimes he is pretty funny. <laughs> well, to add to the hilarity of it, he opens the room where Cable's body is and it's like, like a coffin um, pool table. It's a fucking pool. He's under a glass pool table. Just watching his dead friend. And he puts, <laughs> of course, because it's a Deadpool story, he puts the balls on top of Cable's face and then asks Cable, you want to break these balls? Like, yeah. 
got him again. And of course, he's like, I don't have time for this shit. And he breaks the glass case and takes the arm, rips it off his own dead body. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So then we cut to a letter from Cable. I love both these letters so much. All right, you go into this because this is a lot. Okay, so Cable, we start with the letter that Cable writes to Deadpool. And it, and it reads, and I'm going to read, I don't know what timestamp we're at, audience, so sorry if this is a very long episode, but I'm going to read these because they deserve to be read. Wade, it pains me to ask this, but I need a favor. After Strife nearly killed me the last time, I decided to reorganize my defense. My enemy is my equal, but he does not have the same resources I bring to the fight. He does not have my allies, the people I call my friends, my family, or you. <laughs> In the, in the unlikely event, sorry, in the unlikely event that I die, assume that he was behind it, regardless of what it looks like, and do not let my body, the prosthetic arm, or any ordinance fall into his possession. If friendlies bury the body, intervene when you can move safely. I'll find you later. Thanks, Cable. And so then, Deadpool writes him back a letter in, in beautiful cursive, in beautiful script. and I will read this one too my dearest Nathan (laughs) I have received so I'm going to have to get it a little closer I have received your distressing missive and I now take my quill in hand to let you know that I am that I am well and hope my correspondence finds you similarly also well I I can think of no greater responsibility than to collect your earthly remains after the other side of a heinous attack I shall keep a snow shovel and some garbage bags with me at all times in anticipation of the dreadful news reaching me that something has happened to you, happened to your old ass. As you know, I have been something of an amateur funeral director for many years, and knowing that my work has caught your eye means the world to me. I will, of course, keep a full accounting of expenses occurred during it if it becomes necessary for you to, for me to clean up. I have enclosed a I don't know what this word is. I'm sorry. Dagger type of me to keep with you in, your, in one of your pouches closest to your heart. Sincerest sincerities, D.Pool. Like, that's amazing. Jesus fucking Christ, those letters crack my shit up. So then we cut to back to this ex-cult place. Uh, their headquarters, because then I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, there's Which, a missing baby. By the way, baby. yeah, there was a whole fucking B story of a fucking kidnapped baby I forgot about, too. And it looks like this was their initiation to this ex-cult where they had to actually carve X's on their face. Yes. And that's how this issue ends. Yes. So that's the end of issue one, which surprisingly I gave five X's. Issue three. Issue three, I apologize. Yes. I gave uh, four X's. Which brings us to our final issue of this podcast. Cable, Cable number four, where we get the origin of the Galador um, Space Knights. Yes. And basically how they were imprisoned for a little bit and their minds were put inside these robot bodies. And the deal was after a certain amount of time, all these other Galador Space Knights, kind of like a Suicide Squad-esque deal where if you do enough missions, we'll give you back your body and you'll live in happiness. But what happened was the planet, their home planet got destroyed and they went into stasis. So, we then, <laughs> we, uh, then cut back to present day with uh, Isma? Ismay. Ismay. 
and uh, Cable talking psychically about what they're really going to do. They're obviously not going to let them go back in time. And while Cable's planning everything, he sees there's not just three, there's like a bunch of these Galador space knights. Yes. He's like, oh like, shit. Too many. So this is, to me, this was like a Bill and Ted callback. Uh, oh my God, right? Uh, the second one, of course. Yes. Uh, where he says, well, right now I'm not going to give him a time machine, but what if I put a bomb in it instead? What if I already did? Close his eyes, opens it. There's a bomb inside the arm. Exactly. Like, oh, it's fucking perfect. Time travel. And Esme is like, what just happened? Is that a nuclear device in there? Yes. We need some privacy. <laughs> we don't want to get the time variance authority on us. So let's go really far into the canyon. <laughs> Can we talk for a minute just about how fucking like, how dumb and clever Cable is? Yeah. Like, he's like so quick. They but don't they, know there's not a thing called the time barrier. Right, <laughs> but like also it's the dumbest thing he could do. And if they were just even marginally smarter, it wouldn't work. <laughs> like, like I want to know, is, does Cable know this will work because he knows they're dumb? Or is he just getting very fucking lucky? I well, really hope he's getting I think, very I think it's lucky. I think it's a lot I think of it's luck lucky happening. Too. <laughs> and I, I, I love that the most because I love the idea of a young Cable who's kind of bad at being cable right now <laughs> um so their escape plan while they set this bomb off is to jump into a cocoan gate which to me i was like how fast do they fucking grow <laughs> right i know it, it, it varies based on the uh the writer in the book <laughs> yes so as they're planting and he's kind of stalling like he's setting up the time machine this is where i was a little confused then we cut to the real older Cable in his classic costume, actually, making the bomb and getting it ready. And then yes. sending that arm. Yes. Sending Which, a separate arm or his current arm? It's weird. I think he's sending... You see what himself. I mean? Like, is it his arm or himself? Or No, so here, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to explain this timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly bullshit. Okay, so what's happening is because young Cable put that thought in there, old Cable in the past knows, oh shit, I'm going to have to do this because old Cable knows how this is all going to end because he's a fucking time traveler. Yeah. So what he's doing is he's taking the time machine out of the arm that's on his body and putting the bomb in there. And then he plugs a teleporter into his real arm that still has the real time machine into it mm-hmm. it goes back in time that way or okay, goes yes. into that's the future i don't know where he sense. goes i don't yeah. know what direction he goes in but right now the real cable wherever he is in time does like ended up dead right we ended up in the ground well, that's a thing we have this other page where it's a what happened in the extermination book where young cable said you shouldn't have saw this coming and he says and I he did. whispers i did yeah so, so i'm like what's going yeah. on so basically all we know right now is cable knew that young cable was going to kill him and would need a bomb at some point so he he took off he put the time machine that's in his cyborg arm in a safe place and we don't know where that is right now yeah and what was well, on his body was the was the bomb but also i didn't mention this last issue a part of me is like he was running from strife. Are we to assume this is actually maybe a young strife, not a young cable? That might be because strife again is a clone of cable. Yeah. 
like, is this Stripe's origin that we didn't know about? <laughs> I hope not, because I hate Stripe so much. He's very of his time. <laughs> like, like uh, big spikes everywhere on full metal. He's so boring as fuck. <laughs> Which is how I used to feel about Cable until Young Cable came around. <laughs> so maybe I love Strife too. I don't maybe, fucking know what's Maybe happening. Strife's the one you really love. <laughs> maybe Strife is who I love. I don't know. We're going to find out. So we cut back to him stalling. I like he's pressing buttons, but he's really setting the bomb. And eventually they kind of catch on like, wait a minute, this is taking too long. And he kind of just throws the arm at them, so shooting a bunch of them, kind of like psychically takes the sword back and then just jumps through a portal while they all get blown up. Yes. And they look up and see Emma on a horse saying, you're both a day late. Mm. Yeah. Emma is pissed. Oh, I know this moment where she points her eyes and points to him like it's meet the parents. Oh my God. And just... Uh, like and then and then young the audacity of young cable to be like okay cool tell phoebe i'm excited to see her tomorrow and then she gives her gives him the death stare he's like that is if she's around like that's not what that look means you dumb fuck like (laughs) how is he fucking dating them all he's dating all five cuckoos they Um, say many times that esme is one-fifth of his girlfriends yeah (laughs) and then we get to um probably the the page that makes this a five-star book five x book uh i love this text conversation between people in the cult oh my god i love this oh my god it's so weird and it's yeah it's incredibly weird especially the last part yes um, please read it he's like kill the dog and then yourself if you fail in either task then your sins will be inherited by your family and they will pay heavy interest do not write back acknowledge receipt of fate (laughs) <laughs> by simply giving me a thumbs up on this message <laughs> this motherfucker <laughs> this motherfucker was just instructed to kill themselves and then give a thumbs up about it and they did so stupid i love it it's incredibly fucking stupid this whole i think that's what i think that's you either hate this book because it is like i think you have to agree that this book is stupid and yeah, you either yeah, yeah. love it because it's stupid or you hate it because it's stupid. And I personally love this fucking book because of just how stupid it fucking is. So then we end on the moon. We end on the moon with um, Scott trying to convince Nathan and everyone, hey, let's have dinner. And he's kind of like making all his plans of what he's going to do next and this and that. And he's kind of, Cyclops is kind of just like, calm down. Take a second. We're having a family dinner. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up and chill. And that's what happens. They have a family dinner all the summers. Except love, uh, except uh, the other brother. He's actually not. Except for family. Havoc, yeah. Oh, no, Havoc's, no, no, Havoc's there. Uh, the yeah, who's not there? Vulcan's not there. Vulcan's not there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do love this moment with Scott, though. Like Scott says, son, slow down. We'll, we'll sort all of that together. Your grandfather's come to dinner. Like, I just love the way he says, we'll do, do all that together. And then he tells him at the end, don't be in such a hurry to grow up. Like, I love that moment. Like, yeah, because he knows his future. Yeah. Or knows he how knows, he could turn up, yeah. Because he, he knows that he doesn't have a good relationship with the older Cable. Yeah. So he doesn't want him to grow up too fast without having some kind of relationship with him. And also we had a message, the last message from the Galador Space Knights to the very final one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was one of the yeah. data pages too. Yeah, yeah. So there's, they're not gone for good yet. Yes. And that is the end of Cable number four five x's sir 
five X's too, and it ends with next the X of Swords. So I, yes. I guess we're finally getting there. Well, the first actual issue, I want to talk about this. The first actual issue of uh, X of Swords is on September 23rd right now. That's what it says. I think it might have already been pushed back, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that'll be the first one. So I'm excited. Can't wait to finally get to this event. We're definitely going to have, I believe, next episode we'll be doing Marauders, two issues of Wolverine, uh, X-Factor number three, and I believe it's one other book that I can't remember right now, but there's yeah, other books. There's another yeah, and, X-Force, I think, maybe. Came yes, out. X-Force also. Uh, hey, hey, Josh, did you finish Legion? I did not, no. I did not. Anyway, everyone, you can give them shit for that at... Why don't we just tell each other each other's things? You go to tell them where they can give me shit at. Do you even know my Twitter I handle? I don't know your fucking... You fucking oh, asshole. Yeah, uh, I know your Twitter. Uh, at Xbarian. You didn't pronounce it right. Xbarian. At, at Xbarian. Don't tell me to do this shit right now. <laughs> I put you on the spot. Oh, God. And you can, and you can find my friend... You can find my friend oh, God. at madman 3005 you cannot right now shit you can't find him anywhere right now he's not on this earthly plane he's in the <laughs> astro plane right now i have just made it to the end of this show fuck all right let's get out of here take, <laughs> take us home buddy take us home do your thing all right guys in the famous words of me <laughs> we will see you next time